Hello and welcome to the Freedom House Movement Podcast. I'm Rainer Kendrick and my wife, Laurieann, and I have a heart for equipping sons and daughters of God to move in total freedom and pursue the connection of heaven to earth. In today's episode, we hope you enjoy Laurieann's message recorded at Oak City Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks for joining us and God bless. Well, we are fortunate today to have two very good friends of ours, Rainer and Laurieann Kendrick, who have an extraordinary journey of faith that they have been on and are continuing to walk out, which I admire greatly. And um, we're gonna, they're going to share some today about their story and more particularly about the ministry of Sozo that you've probably heard us mention before here. Um, I'm going to share briefly, uh, start my stopwatch here, just about my own personal journey with Sozo and inner healing type ministry um, Jonathan asked me to do that, so excited to do that as well. And then Laurian and, and Rain are going to come up and, um, and work with us, talk to us, lead us, uh, partner with God uh, in some Sozo ministry this morning. So, um, you know, when I was first introduced to Sozo, I was in our school ministry, and it was somewhat of an abstract idea, and people would make the joke, oh, when you're here, before you graduate, you need to go get your Sozo, like get your little your, your checkbox. And... and Sozo was a, was a scary word, and I'd never heard it before, and I'm a good southern boy, and I'm sure that probably wasn't for me. Uh, maybe if you, um, you know, wasn't for me. So I didn't really give it much thought, and uh, it wasn't really until when I came home uh, from ministry school, I began to find myself in similar situations, similar cycles. If you've ever, 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 ever found that maybe sometimes even when you put yourself in different places in life, the same cycles follow you. You find yourself at the same dynamics or hitting your head against the same things. Or um, I know for me, I, um, there were lots of cycles, and I felt like the picture I got was just me circling the same mountain over and over again. And it felt like, you know, if I would just pray long enough, that wouldn't happen anymore. If I just fasted enough or had enough encounters with God, those things would just go away and work themselves out. And there's a place for that. But I found that largely that actually wasn't happening in my life. And the anointing grew and... I was growing in God, but there were still things in my life where I felt like I was in the same pattern over and over again. And, and through Joaquin, I've connected with, with a lady out in, uh, in a woman who does a lot of Sozo inner healing type ministry. And what I found is that, you know, we all, we all have a story. We we're all uh, have our own story. And we all, it comes with its own amount of pain. And, you know, I, I found that even, even if we have wonderful families and, and great siblings and great parents and, and a functional family structure, that there's still pain that comes along with our childhood. And if we don't accept that and learn to process that and, and recognize it for what it is, own it, sit with it, that pain will wreak havoc and we will bring it into every world. So what do we do when we have pain? We cope with it. Coping might look like, obviously, it might look like, you know, you might have some major issue, an addiction issue, or have, have some kind of major outburst, whatever. But it can also be a lot, uh, we also can cope in a lot more subtle ways. I know I found myself retreating a lot. A lot of people would know me, and, 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 and uh, I would feel like they knew me, but I would feel like I knew very few people. I frequently found myself alone and feeling very, very lonely, or find myself getting very angry at small things. I don't know if you ever felt like something will happen and your reaction to what happens is greater than what actually happened. That's a sign that, hey, maybe the pain you're experiencing when this thing happened wasn't actually about that thing. There's something else going on there. There's an unprocessed place of pain in your own past. 
And so for me, the inner healing journey was about recognizing my own story, being willing to accept my own story, being willing to accept that, hey, I think it's a big thing in our culture, um, in our part of the states maybe, but that, hey, my parents actually weren't perfect. They were, they were wonderful, but they weren't Jesus, right? Like, they're not. So there's things they do that, that might negatively affect me. Or my friends, you know, I had a great friends growing up. Maybe there were some things that happened, uh, you know, that created some pain in me that every time I get around a certain type of person, I start reacting to that person like they were that person back when I was in high school. But that person's not actually that other person. So I began to find myself on that journey, and, and, I, and I found that I think inner healing and sozo is a one, one type of inner healing. There are all kinds of different methods. The method is really not necessarily the point. The point is that you are restored, and all those places that got broken off are, be able, are, are getting healed, processed and healed through Christ, and that Jesus comes in and heals those places so that you get free of those cycles. Those cycles are no longer your story. That those might have been your story in the past, but they're not your story moving forward. And the freedom that I experienced was just unbelievable in terms of um, life, just prospering in life in every area. Uh, my marriage to my wonderful wife, you know, that probably wouldn't have happened had I not um, engaged the healing process like I was able to do, and like God made an avenue for me to do. So, um, you know, I found that God rarely hears it and le- heals unless we first acknowledge and recognize and get honest and real with ourselves. And when we do that, we're able to process, we're able to partner with Him and um, invite Him in, and, and He brings a lot of healing. So, um, that's kind of sets, I'm trying to set the table to say, hey, this is how inner healing fits into our life. We're all in need of it. And Jesus is ready to provide it, but we have to recognize it, accept it, and then invite him into it. And when we do those three things, we experience healing, restoration, and breakthrough. And it's through that that we begin to um, experience a greater measure of our own potential in our lives. So um, I want to invite Lorianne and, and Rainer to come on up. Give it up for Lorianne and Rainer. I met them about seven years ago and incredible stories of faith and loved having lunch with Rainer and telling me all kinds of crazy stories. They had several children. They adopted several more. Then they decided that, that they would just leave everything, leave a great job, a great, very settled, nice life, headed out to California. Um, and uh, I'll let them take it from there. But it's a, it's a great story. Thank you. Thank you all for having us. Uh, it's, a, it's a joy and an honor. Um, we're from both from Birmingham. We're middle school sweethearts. Um, met in sixth grade. Um, both went to Homewood. Um, I went to Texas. She went to Auburn. We dated through college and then got married. But um, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a joy to, to know Jonathan and Farah. Um, really, right after they came back from school and just started going after this, this community and, and this vision um, that, that we see today. So you know, I want to honor y'all, um, really appreciate um, you having us and getting to partner with you. Um, and what God's doing in this city is amazing. You know, we were driving uh, driving in this morning on the interstate, and it just felt like we were on this, the top of this wave that was just cresting and just crashing over the downtown, over, over the entire city. Um, but we were just getting to ride and enjoy the view. And so I just feel like God's doing so much. It was really right before we left. Uh, we moved to Reading in August. Um, and right before, like we were packing up, we knew we were going, the yes in our heart was so big, nothing, nothing could stop it. But we had this day where we kind of drove around and, and there was just a lot of activity happening spiritually that, 
that day or that week, um, a lot of really positive things, and we were like, are we going to miss this? Like, we, I know we can't miss this, but like, there was so much momentum that we could just feel happening in the city. So it's really a joy to be back um, and just spend some time with family and just, just even see, the, you know, see this room, see, see the things God's doing um, very tangibly, but also like feel it and, and experience it in the spirit. So um, it, it's, it's really amazing. The, the other thing that I really felt walking in here, I didn't, I didn't know the details of the, of the history, but I, I got to share this with Jonathan. I really want to share it with everybody. Um, I knew, you know, I heard this was a bank. And so I felt like when we were praying before the service that God said, like, the vault is open. Like, there's been so much, specifically for downtown for this area, but in the heritage of our city and um, really in the, in the cultural and, and, and spiritual atmosphere, like, there's been so much that's been concealed and locked away. And it was, it was for a very specific purpose, and it was all timing. And for this house specifically, for this church y'all here now, it's like the timing had to be right. The right people had to be willing to say, I want to steward what's in that vault. And God just swung the door open and now it's like the glory vault is just is, is pouring out. And it's like, I just, you know, there's riches being poured out downtown. There's, there's riches in this space that are going to come and, and have already come. It's just this, this measure of provision that, that had to be secure for enough, you know, to be released onto someone that said, I want to know what's in that. I want to know what's in that vault, and I think there's so much on what what's your what your leadership is doing with going after the more of God. So, just honor you guys, and, and really, um, really just a, a joy to be here. So, let me pray for us, make this thing legal, as some would say, and we'll get going. But, Papa, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We are just so in love with you. I just thank you, God, for the the people in this room, the hearts, the families represented, the the lives and the stories and the journeys that have led led each of us to this place this morning. And I just, I thank you for the, the things that are being built in our own hearts, the things that are being built in our own families. And I just thank you, God, that you've seen it all, you've known it all, you, you've helped stu- helped us steward all of it. And, uh, and God, just pour out your grace on us, pour out your hope, pour out your peace on us today in a new way. Let us just experience you, encounter you, see your face for the first time or in a new light, just hear your voice for the first time or with a new sound, with a new measure of love. Uh, just let us encounter you more today. I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So like Ferris said, Sozo is kind of this, you know, it, 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 can, it can, for people that aren't really sure what it is or maybe I've heard it or, you know, you say inner healing or deliverance to some people and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm okay, you know, I'm I know somebody that needs that, but, um, you know, sozo, in, in, it, it's, it's a Greek word found in the New Testament o- over 100 times. In almost every instance, I haven't fact-checked it myself, but just about every instance that you read a story of Jesus healing someone, if you read it in the original language, it involves somewhere in the passage the word sozo, and it simply means saved, healed, delivered. So God is a, God is a, you know, he's a wholehearted God and he made us to be wholehearted people, to, to walk in wholeness, to walk in freedom, to walk in uh, his image. That's why he created us in his image. So, um, you know, the, the big idea like Pharaoh was, was talking about was with Sozo is that we all have needs and, and we all have very real needs. And then we have needs that we learn along the way and those can be called perceived needs. 
You know, they are things that we need to survive. Some of those are very physical, very natural, you know, shelter, food, air, obviously. And so other things for our heart and our soul to be prosperous and to be healthy and to be fulfilled, we have needs too. But the issue is we can, we can build that box, we can build that paradigm in a way um, that can be different the way, than the way God designed it. So, you know, if we, if, if we start perceiving relationships uh, or, or perceiving God through the way our relationships have ended up on, in life, we can build this inaccurate, incorrect view of God and really start viewing him like we view our relationships, which may not always be healthy. Some, some of us our fault, some of us the other people's fault. It doesn't really matter. We have a need that we find in community, that we find in relationship. By design, God made it that way. But when that, can, when that creates a wound or, or a place in our heart that doesn't go well, we can start translating that to God. And so it, it's really, you know, this ministry is a process of walking people into more wholeness in those areas. So, um, you know, we have very clear definitions um, based in Scripture of, you know, kind of how the Father um, should meet our needs. And when earthly fathers or earthly father figures don't line up with that truth scripturally, it can affect that relationship in the natural and also the relationship with God. Same thing for Holy Spirit, um, you know, tied to mom or mother figures. Jesus, you know, has a lot of resemblance with, with siblings and friends. And so through a, through a session, um, you know, we walk people through places where those relationships have created wounds or hurts or just disappointed them um, and, and can relate that to God and how they perceive God, how they react to God. And it really just, it's a measure of getting them to a, to a place of fullness and wholeness in their heart to relate to God who is, is obviously holy and, and, and completely full. So um, that's, really, that's really kind of the foundation. We could spend days on this, just kind of breaking it down. We obviously don't have time for that. But what we want to do is really introduce the idea of this ministry in particular, but just the idea, the conversation, you know, of starting a conversation with God that maybe needs to be restarted or, or, or jump-started um, just to help connect all of us really to God in a new way. So, um, so with that, I'm going to let my amazing, amazing wife tell you more about that. Hey, guys. I woke up this morning at like 2 a.m., and this is what usually happens when you know, we have six kids, so I'd, like the prep time is like, God loves to talk to me at 2 a.m. I've scheduled it at 6. He's doing it at 2. Anyways, um, so what he showed me this morning is he said, I'm looking at misunderstanding. I saw misunderstanding like written in the sand, and I just saw him go, Whew. He just said, my love is going to cover it today. I feel like there's, there's misunderstandings. There's like these small little veins of misunderstanding about who you are and about who he is. And he's coming today to like reinforce those, to come behind you. And what I want to share is in my journey of wholeness, I was like so primed. I knew that I heard the voice of God at a very young age, but I was honestly just afraid of what it would look like if I started to say, God, where do you, what part of my heart are you wanting to touch? Because I just didn't know what that was going to look like. And so my journey has been this story of me really misunderstanding who I am and who he is and him just coming in with kindness and with power. And so what he and I talked about this morning was just how to kind of walk through the nature of who Jesus is, 
who Holy Spirit is and who the Father is. I'm just going to run through those briefly, and then we're going to pray for you guys. But but I just really feel strongly. I feel like there's going to be different points where if I'm sharing something about the nature of who they are, and if you're feeling something, if you like for me, that's like sometimes my heart is accelerating. Sometimes I just feel like, hey, that's, that's touching something in me. I want you to just open your heart or open your hands, whatever that looks like for you, and I want you to just receive. He's giving an outpouring of his nature today. With Jesus, the way that I misunderstood Jesus is I thought he looked like somebody who maybe invites you, depending on if you're good enough in that moment, if you're going to be the right fit for what he's doing, and also thought it looked like somebody who really didn't understand, and he was just like, okay, it's okay. You'll, you'll get your act together, and then we can kind of hang out. You can get back into the club. And um, there was just so much misunderstanding in my life until I read the story of Jesus coming to Peter. After, he's, after Peter has denied him three times and Jesus coming and Jesus saying, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And I read it and Jesus said to me, I rebuild what you didn't have the grace to rebuild. That's who I am. You know, Jesus asking Peter, do you love me? After he's died for him, while he was rejected, and while, I I think that's one of ours, sorry. (laughs) In the middle of that, I had this vision, and I felt like Jesus said, that would be like the groom showing up to the bride in the middle of her adultery, him showing up and saying, do you want me to renew my vows? Should we start rebuilding right now, right in the middle of your misunderstanding about who I am and about who you are? Because I know that you can't do that, but I can do that for you. And he's inviting you into that today. He's inviting you to say, I have some misunderstandings about who I am. Would you like me to renew our vows? He's talking to his bride today. And I just want to touch for a minute on the empathy of Jesus. You know, the world teaches empathy in a lot of different ways. I think, like, even... a lot of times, like if a kid falls down, what you see is you see parents or somebody else looking at him and saying, you're okay, you're okay. And one day I was like bending down and one of our twins had fallen and I started to say, you're okay. And the Lord said, ask him, are you okay? And I just said, Lord, help me. Like you got to teach me about this. And so I went on this journey with him of learning about empathy. And he took me to the story of Lazarus and this story of, you know, Mary, and they're devastated because Lazarus has died. And they're, I'm thinking, if I were them, that they would be thinking, Jesus is going to come and say, don't you know what I'm about to do? Don't you know who I am? And that's honestly how I read it for years and years until I read this. This is in John 11. It says, when Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet and all her friends who were with her grieving, he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. He said to them, Where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you. And then tears streamed down Jesus' face. You know, he didn't say, show me where he is because I got to do my thing. You know what he was saying? He was saying, show me the place of your pain. Would you invite me there? It says, he says, show me where he's buried. And then he wept. He was moved. It says he shook with emotion and with tenderness. And I read that and I just feel the Lord saying today, Show me where your grave is. Show me where you need my resurrection. That's who I am. But if we need to sit there and I need to weep with you, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do because he is resurrection and he is life. But he's sitting with you in it. 
He's weeping with you in it. That's what the empathy of Jesus looks like. I feel like there's this hesitation of like going after healing with Jesus because you're not really sure if you can trust his empathy. And I just want to say today, you can trust him. I feel like God was giving us this key when he said, this is my son. You can call him God with you. He's going to be with you in your pain. He's going to be with you in your misunderstanding. If you've denied him, he's going to show up and he's going to say, do you love me? Let's rebuild together. Because he's a groom who's passionate about the bride. And he's not worried if your dress got dirty. He just wants to give you a new one. He just loves you. It's just who he is. He's a friend who doesn't leave you. He's not this cycle. He's not a cycle of rejection. He's choosing you over and over and over again. And when I talk about Holy Spirit, I feel like I'm talking about my best friend. Because <laughs> I am, that's right. How I thought the Holy Spirit was is the Holy Spirit, I'd always heard it was like this dove who landed on Jesus' shoulder, and I just assumed he was there saying, oh, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And then I read it, and you know what I, I read? It is that the Father says, this is my Son, and the Holy Spirit comes, and he rests on that. He rests on who you are. He's there to remind you who you are. He's there to say, hey, this way, glory to glory, Remember? He's not saying, don't do that, don't do that. He's saying, remember who you are? Remember what the Father said? If you don't remember, I'll rest with you. I'll be here with you. And you know, the comfort of the Holy Spirit is something that will forever change you. Let me tell you what his comfort looks like. His comfort looks like power. My girls, they love baby dolls. And they'll hold their baby dolls. And I watched them one day, and they were going, shh, 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 shh. And the Holy Spirit said, that's, that's not how I comfort. I don't shush you. I want to hear everything you have to say. He's not a shusher. <laughs> He's not just waiting on you to get quiet. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to pour out. He wants you to bring all that you have. There's nothing that you could bring that he doesn't have a fire for if he needs to consume it. He's not afraid of that, you know? He's a good teacher. Things that I've been afraid to learn, like this feels new, this feels different. Just because you have to learn something doesn't mean you're not anointed to do it really well. And the Holy Spirit is a nurturer. He's a comforter. He's a teacher. He wants to come alongside you like the dove on your shoulder, the presence of God, wants to rest on your life to take you into the places of your destiny, to take you into the new land. Now, Father God, I call him Papa, so I'm just going to do that today. <sighs> what he told me he wanted to talk today about was his mercy. The greatest misunderstanding I had about who God was, I read all, these, all the different stories in the Bible about who he was, but the one that I couldn't quite let go of was when Adam and Eve left the garden and they put a cherubim there to guard it and there was the flaming sword. And to me, that just felt like, this doesn't line up. I don't understand what's going on here. And my journey with the Lord looks like if I have a place of misunderstanding, I'm just going to go for it because I know that he's a wholehearted father. And the more I go after my misunderstanding, the more I experience wholeness in my life. So I started asking him, and he said, let's go on a journey. It was like, you know, the Where's Waldo book? 
That's what we did. He was like, I want you to go through the Bible, and I want you to read all these stories, and I want you to look for the cherubim, and I want you to look for the angels, and I want to show you something. And this is what I learned. He put a cherubim at the exit of the garden with a flaming sword, and the sword is the word of God. It's truth. That's what it symbolizes. Then when he sent his present out, the Ark of the Covenant, it had the cherubims on it. And these are a symbol at this point, because there are these models of angels. And I'm like, okay, God, I get it. You sent your presence out. You want us to follow you. And he's like, where else do you see them? Let me tell you where you see them. When they come back, and the women are looking, and they're like, where is Jesus? He's risen from the tomb. They go in, and there's an angel on one end of the cloth and the other end of the cloth. If you read about the Ark of the Covenant, there's a cherubim on one side, of the cloth, there's a cherubim on the other side of the cloth. This is what the father is saying. He's saying, it wasn't that I was kicking you out. I was showing you how to get back in. But the fruit of religion was never going to last. His mercy seat, the presence, the Ark of the Covenant, pointed to Jesus, pointed to resurrection life. And this time he didn't use cherubims, these models of, of angels. He used real resurrected light that just says they were glowing. And I just feel like today that God is inviting us to enter back into the garden, to take this misconception of who the father is. He hasn't kicked you out. He was providing for you. He was protecting you from your misunderstanding so that you could come back in. And yeah, it looks like a prodigal. It looks like a robe and it looks like a ring. And I just feel his mercy over this place. When Rainer and I got in this morning, it was just the kindness of God. He wants to encounter you today. He wants to show you what his whole heart looks like. What his whole heart looks like is a son who is the best friend you've ever met. A son who is a faithful groom. A son who is pursuing you and has laid down his life to be the mercy seat so that you could come into the garden and a spirit who wants to rest on your life to remind you as you're going, yes, go further, keep going. Go into the Father's house, into the throne of heaven. That Those are the kind of encounters that God desires for you guys. I feel like you can like sense his heartbeat in this place. But I feel like today he actually wants to show you his heart. It's like... He wants to engage the wholeness of who you are with the wholeness of who he is. This morning he said, I just want to read this. I'm the kind of father whose voice thunders to quiet your enemies, but I'm tender enough to sing over you to quiet your fear. The way that I originally pictured Father God was like Abraham Lincoln, just up on this amazing place far away and each step was like a different step of like just religion like I'm going to read my Bible more and I'm going to fast and I'm going to do this and when I get to the top maybe I'll be strong enough to get a little bit closer that's the fruit of religion that's what he guarded me from so that I could come into relationship so that I could eat the feast that he's prepared for us so that I could feast on who he is, that I could feast on the kindness of a father and encounter him. So we're just going to go after that a little bit today. All right. 
Will y'all just close your eyes? <laughs> I feel like Jesus is moving in his empathy. So I want everybody to just take a deep breath. You're safe here. I just speak right to your spirit. I just invite your whole spirit to show up. God, we just want to encounter the wholeness of who you are. I want you guys to just pray with me and say it out loud. Put your own words to it if you need to. But just say, Jesus, is there anything different you want me to see about you? If you heard or felt yes, I want you to say, Jesus, show me more about who you are today. Say, Jesus, would you show me how I see myself? Now, Jesus, show me if you see me differently. And I want you to just notice how he sees you. Jesus, I choose to forgive the relationships in my life that have left or that have taught me that you're not a faithful friend. I invite you to come close today. Jesus, would you show me a place in my life where I believed you weren't with me? Show me the place you're wanting me to invite your empathy into. Jesus, where are you in this place? Say, Jesus, can I see the look on your face when you think of me? And will you show me or tell me your favorite thing about me?
want you to ask him, Jesus, is there any relationship or any area in my life that you want to bring resurrection to? I feel like he's bringing resurrection to physical bodies right now. He's bringing resurrection to hopeless medical conditions and diagnosis. And he's bringing resurrection to hope. For dreams that have been buried, he's been holding on to them. There's nowhere that you can bury a dream that he's not actually holding on to it. Like you think you're digging and you're burying it and he's just holding it for you. If you need resurrection in your body for physical healing or you need resurrection in relationship, if you need resurrection in your hope today, I want you to just stand up. This is in Romans, Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. If you're seated right now, I want you to just stand up and lay hands on, on your family around you, on your community around you. Yeah, we just release hope in this room. Put your hands on them and release the hope of heaven. His super abundant hope till you radiate. I just speak heaven's refreshment to every dry place. God, would you breathe on dry bones and let us run again. We wanna chase you, God. speak healing into bodies. I feel like God's opening wombs in this place. I cancel infertility. I feel this so strongly. There's women in here and you've known the joy of being a daughter and you're crying out for the joy of being a mother and I call you forth. Just speak to your body and I say be open. God, would you breathe on us today? I speak hope for dreams. I feel like some of you have some dreams and you don't have the resources and God's bringing resources for your dreams. God, give them vision for what, who they need to partner with. Give them vision for what your resources look like. You are a provider, that's who you are.
feel like there's um, something with this may be combined, but I feel like there's been this some battles in the night and sleeplessness. And it's just like wearing you down. And it it's either com, it's combined with anxiety, which is totally understandable when you don't sleep well, you don't function well. But it, it's anxiety in the night that's bringing sleeplessness or sleeplessness that's bringing anxiety, some combination or either or, it doesn't really matter. The guy's like, I, we're done. Like we don't, we're, we're, he's sick of it as much as you are because he's, he's been there with you. So if, if you've dealt with any kind of sleeplessness or anxiety combo or whatever, um, just put your, put your hand up because there's hope for that too. There's hope for that situation, hope for that. There's freedom from that. So Jesus, we just speak to sleeplessness and just say, go. You are no longer welcome. You're no longer needed. I just release perfect peace into the night season. Perfect peace. A peace that transcends what we can think or imagine. A perfect peace. And I just speak to your spirit and just say, come alive in the nighttime. And I speak to your body and your mind and your soul and just say, be at peace. That you're going to be so interacted with heaven that God's going to visit you with angelic dreams, heavenly visitations while you sleep that is going to bring so much rest and peace to your body. So just speak to any torment that's afflicted you in the nighttime and just say, go in Jesus' name. just heard the Lord say, the Holy Spirit say, remind him what I said about the shushing. I feel like there's some of you guys who felt like your voice was silenced. Like you were taught, okay, I'll just need to like be quiet and hold this in. That maybe that's what comfort looks like is I'm just going to work this out. He's not a shusher. That's also not a word, but he doesn't care. There's also people who just feel like your voice was taken from you. You had something to say. You had a part of your heart to share, and you weren't able to do that. If you have felt the shh over your life, God's restoring your voice today. He's giving a sound, and he's giving song to your emotion. He already knows the song. I feel like he wants to trade your song for his but you got to sing yours out first. So if you want that broken off of your life today, I want you to just raise your hand. Yeah, just speak the wind of heaven right now. The wind of heaven to come and to land in every place where you have felt quieted, that your ears would be open, that you would hear like heaven hears, that you would hear the sound of your own song coming out. Yes, God, we just break. We break the false comforts. I want you to just say, Holy Spirit, Spirit, I break agreement agreement. with any false comfort in my life. And I give you permission to come with your comfort. What does your comfort feel like? 
Holy Spirit, what song are you singing over us? Holy Spirit, would you paint me a picture of your love for me? there's just been this there's an invitation from Holy Spirit he's like I feel like he's saying I've been misunderstood <laughs> like my, my encounter with the Holy Spirit was in 7th grade and I knew nothing about what he, who he was what he was like his nature I knew it was real because I could feel him But it was never, I, I never knew how to steward it. I never knew who he was or, or what it was. I just, like, I knew it was real. So I feel like he's like, I just, I just want another, like, I want another chance. I've been knocking on the door. I want another chance. So regardless of where you are in your relationship with Holy Spirit, if you just want more of him, if you want to know him more, if you want to feel him more, if you want to hear him more, like, it doesn't matter what the blank is that you want filled in. If you've got a blank, you're like, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I need you. I want you. I feel like there's just a grace to release that. So if that's you, just you, you can respond how you want. Raise your hand, put it, your hand on your heart, whatever. But just say, Holy Spirit, I receive more of you. I receive more of you than I could comprehend. <laughs> I receive more of you than I could even understand. And I give myself permission to not have to put it into words. I give myself permission to receive you to the fullness that only you can measure. I feel like there's vaults in all each one of our hearts that he's unlocking and opening and there's there's gifts and there's anointings and calls that have been in your life been on your life that have been locked away for a long time and he's like swing the doors open release the treasures release the goodness if tongues ever freaked you out guess what there's an opportunity for you to go experience that if, if healing, praying for healing for someone has freaked you out, there's an opportunity for you. Your vault is wide open if you want it to be. It's like there are gifts, there is a fire. I see somebody's just like open the door and it's like movie backdraft forever ago. It's like this just engulfing flame comes out. If that's you, that's amazing. Release that thing. Don't try to hold it. Somebody else has a vault of, of 
it's it's words of knowledge, it's words of of wisdom for people, but it's measured in this vision. I see it's measured in like bags of gold coins, and like they're just spilling out. Like there's there's a wealth of God's love in your vault that He needs you to release. He needs you to give away like it's money that can't be counted because it can't be. That is, it's that's the other side. Yeah, there's there's some of us that have held God's grace on our life so close because we're afraid it may not last. And I break that lie right now in Jesus' name. You cannot contain God's love in your life, on your life, or through your life. And it has nothing to do with you. It's all about His nature and His magnitude. So if you've held the vault of your heart closed for fear of running out of God, that's totally get it. I just want to release you from that. Sorry. There's something else with the, with the vault. Here's the thing. When you're performing for God's love, it's like paying your mortgage when your house has been paid off. And I felt like he's like, some of you guys need to walk out of performance and walk into the vault and get your refund. Yeah. He's issuing refunds. What you tried to pour out in love was already paid for. Jesus performed the greatest act of love so you wouldn't have to perform for love. He's breaking performance right now in Jesus' name. That you would come in and you would encounter the love of the Father. I feel like for some of you, the vault may look like trying to enter back into the garden. Trying to get back to the place where you remember what it feels like to be with God. But there were misunderstandings. And all you saw was someone not letting you back in. If that's you, I just want you to close your eyes and say, Papa, show me my way back in. Remind me the cost of your son so that I can encounter your mercy. And Papa, show me where to be with you here in the garden. He's welcoming you. He's so happy. (laughs) So I heard this phrase this morning. And I just want to release it. Um, I felt the Father say, you're not an accident. And I think there's some significance to that. More for others, or more for some than others. But he wants you to know you are not an accident. And I felt specifically like some of that was maybe even spoken over you as a child or, or you were a surprise pregnancy or, you know, I don't know the context. That's kind of where I've landed in it, but I think it's more than that too. Uh, but like nothing that, nothing that you do, nothing that you have done, your life is not an accident. And then we walk in and, and one of the signs out there says, where everyone's significant. Everyone's significant in this place, but more so everyone's significant in God's kingdom and God's family. 
So I just break the power of those words or feelings or thoughts of you. Maybe you're an accident. Maybe you didn't have a place. Maybe you didn't just haven't felt settled or know where to belong. I just cancel the words and the power of those words over your life, whether they were expressed verbally or not. I just pour out God's significance over you. His delight in you. His treasure. You are his treasure. I want to take a shot at a couple. If you need to go get um, your kids, please feel free. We're going to keep going a little longer. Um, but if you need to, if you need to go grab them, please do. Um, I just, is, is anybody, I heard, I heard the name Johnny football. Um, and I just, I'm wondering if there's somebody in here that wore number two, played sports, maybe wore number two, like Johnny football did, and maybe was even left-handed. Does that connect with anybody? Your name doesn't have to be Johnny, but if you played sports, is that you back there? Did I see a hand? You wore number two, and you're left-handed? Right-handed. What's your name? Stephen Lewis. You're a good man. And I feel like God just wanted you to know that there's nothing you can do to outrun him. Like Johnny football was, nobody could catch him on the field, right? But if you, there's nothing you can do to get out of God's love, to get away from God's love. Like he is going to catch up with you in the best way. And there's nothing that has happened in the past of your life that could not be redeemed. Like God wants to redeem every single decision, every single uh, every single step that you've taken, God's like, I've seen that, and I, I believe in you. And he just wants you, to, he wants you to know how proud of you he is. And he's like, you're not number two in my book, man. You're number one. So I just bless you. I bless you with a, with a, 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 new, a new level of confidence in who you are to God, a new level of confidence in who you are uh, as a son as a champion for God. You're going you're gonna to change a lot of people's lives for the kingdom. And I just, I just release you into that reality. So I bless you. And then is there a, this may be more than one of you, but is there a Mary or Marilyn? Like you, your name's Marilyn, but you go by Mary. Is that, does that connect with anybody? All right, I just wanted to ask. God loves everybody else too, but. All right, and then yeah, asking Holy Spirit, what's what? So I think the last thing that I really want to go after, at least corporately, is just any any cyclical rejection, like Ferris said in his testimony, like that you would walk into different circles of your life, and and you've been maybe rejected early on with friendships or relationships, but that you that seemed to follow you, that seemed to to carry out carry yourself out in different different ways different 
different circles of your life. It's like, I, I just seem to always, always feel rejected, always, you know, friendships always end on me or I always get dumped or whatever the, whatever the situation may be. I just want to invite you out of that place. So if you feel like that's been something that's, that's followed you around or been a part of your life, I would love for you to stand up if you feel, if you feel brave enough. If not, totally understand, but raise a hand or something. I just thank you for responding. If you're sitting next to him, there's a grace on your life for friendship. I'd love for you to stand up and hug him while we pray. And if you're receiving the hug, just declare it's the hug of Jesus, that you would feel it like his love. You're worth being fought for. You're worth being fought for. I break the cycles of rejection in Jesus' name. You're free to expect people to enjoy your company. The King of Kings enjoys your company. His calendar is cleared for you. You're a good friend. I just release you from any shame associated with that. Where shame's tried to come and tell you, you'll never be a good enough friend. I just release you from that in Jesus' name. I just cancel that off your life. You're worth knowing. You're worth being loved. You're worth being fought for. And I just bless you to find friends in places you never would let yourself experience before. So just release freedom into your life in the form of friendships. Let's pray those things in Jesus' name.